Welcome in to Bears Weekly, a Chicago Bears Network production. Download the Chicago Bears official app, brought to you by Verizon, to follow the team on the go. Bears Weekly is brought to you by Advocate Healthcare, Bet Rivers, CDW, Connie's Pizza, and Miller Lite. Here are your hosts, Jeff Joliak, a.k.a. the Mayor of Bearsville, and his sidekick, Tom the Surfmaster Thayer. Ready to go, my guy Tom. There, I'm looking at him on Zoom. He's got a smile on his face, which is very rare on the eve of the start of training camp. Uh, certainly, if he was a player, he'd be in a ornery mood, and maybe he will be tonight. As as our other co-host tonight, Jim Miller from Sirius XM NFL Radio is moving the chains. Welcome into Bears Weekly tonight. Veterans Report tomorrow. First practice Wednesday, beginning. Tom, what is a six-week grind to the regular season opener? Only three of it is a officially training camp but we know this thing lasts a month and a half are you yeah. what's your mindset where are you at right now i'm, I'm a little bit everywhere because i kind of think <laughs> of this as our last night off before until the end of the season but then i kind of put myself back in the mind of a player if i was go- driving to platteville um on my way to the first meeting before we get into practice tomorrow morning uh, you think about you know the, your job the competitiveness of the position uh, you know, the hopefully you get through what we are going through at that time healthy so you have your job and, you know, you have a spot on the roster at the end of training camp. There there are so many things going through your mind. It's hard to think about one. It kind of is an everyday experience when you go through the mind of a player that, you know, every day something's different. Uh, we want to thank our producers, Jordan Treadup, Dan Brilli. Tonight we got Kendra Smith and Sean Graney helping us out as well. And executive producer of the Bears Radio Network is Eric Ostrowski. Uh, we've got a guest coming up at 610. It's Dan Miller, voice of the Detroit Lions. We wrap up our NFC North uh, preseason previews. We did the uh, Packers and Vikings last week and dig into uh, what is one of the most talked about teams in the NFL right now, the Detroit Lions. Uh, news coming out, Chase Claypool stint on the pup list, very short. He has been removed from that pup list, so seemingly we should see him on the practice field this week big time and uh, excited to do so because a lot of expectations for chase to join what uh, if, if all these guys play to their potential from dj Moore and darnell mooney come bad healthy and chase claypool and you got other receivers in that mix the tight everybody plays to potential look out well you talk about the angry tom and the happy tom the angry tom was kind of disappointed in chase claypool being on the pup list and then five minutes ago on my phone, I get the alert that he's been taken off the pup list. So now I, I feel a little bit more relieved about the receiver position because I think he has an opportunity to play an important role in the overall schematic thinking for Luke Getze. And uh, the more reps that Justin can get with his receivers, the better it is for all pieces in place. All right, and, and as Matt Eberflew said before things wrapped up in the uh... – the veteran minicamp, it's going to be big uh, for Clay, getting the timing and the rhythm down. That was his quote, and that's, of course, with Justin Fields. They did work together uh, briefly last week in Florida before coming back. Uh, you know, the rookies and quarterbacks got started over the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, and uh, everybody reports tomorrow up at House Hall. So that's all big, and Jim Miller ready to join us as well from SiriusXM NFL Radio's Moving the Chains. Big Jim on the moments before camp and you'll be up in chicago to uh sit down and visit with uh, all the key members of the organization uh, uh for sirius xm later this week how excited are you 
I'm fired up. You know, it's uh, you know, it's uh, always a busy time of the year in the offseason. Just how much you improved, what you've added t- to your team, how it's all uh, going to come together, and and how guys are going to going to compete. And I do think the the Bears have a great opportunity here. They're not short up in all areas, but they are a much better team today uh, than what they were a year ago. And it's it's almost like you you just want to see how it's all going to unfold, and uh, it will. I think it'll if they put in the work that that I believe has happened. I think uh, Bears fans will be very happy with the result, and I think the organization will be happy with the result as well. I just want good health. Uh, you know, you start already hearing the, the little injuries that pop up across the league. Yes, yeah, some of these guys will be ready to go by the start of the season, but I, I, yeah, yeah, this, this team can't afford that right now, Tom and Jim, because every little bit helps. The snaps, there's only so many camp practices. There's only a handful of practices in pads. I mean, so you got to really evaluate and get these guys going all together. You know, you start preaching evaluation and you start preaching about health in the same sentence. Then you're talking about developing a soft football team. Go out there, work, hit guys, do what's expected of you in practice, and then that's why you have more than 53 guys on a training camp roster. Because if you do have the unfortunate incident of someone getting injured, you're not going to fold up the tents and close Hallis Hall. You're going to move the drill and you're going to move on. I know it sounds kind of callous, but you got to have a tough guy attitude, Jeff, and I think that's for the entire team. And, Jim, you know, I will say, when, when Tom's brought this up in the past where we've had seasons and we've worked together for 27 seasons now, somebody goes down. You know, I, I think of, you know, when Rex Grossman went down in a, in a game early in the season and, and everybody thinks, okay, now what? Or somebody significant goes down, now what? And, Tom, you've never had the attitude that, yeah, it's just you got to move on. And, and you just can't. It's not about one player. It is about the 53. And I know, Jim, you've experienced that throughout your career as well. Yeah, n- nobody in the league is going to throw pity parties for you when a, when a player goes down. You know, that's what we talk about. You've got to build up the, the depth of your roster. And, you know, it's got to be, you know, for example, look at uh, what uh, Buffalo did, right? They lost Von Miller during the year. Those young guys didn't step up as pass rushers, A.J. Epineza and Boogie Basham. So what did they do before camp knowing that Von Miller's not going to be healthy? They signed Leonard Floyd, who Bears fans know well. That guy's had like three nine-sack seasons uh, three years in a row, and that's a good signing by Buffalo. But as for the health, Buffalo took a hit today, and it wasn't even due due to a, a, a practice. You know, they found out Naheem Hines, who's their big-time returner, right? He turned those returned those two touchdowns against New England, the kickoff returns, uh, the weekend after the DeMar Hamlin incident. Uh, he gets hurt in a sea-do accident, a jet ski accident, and is going to miss the entire year uh, for the Buffalo Bills. So, you know, I, I'm not saying that players don't have to live their life and enjoy things outside of football, but, man, th- th- that's just not what you want to do going from the OTAs to now you're out for the year during this down period of time because just an unfortunate thing happened with the, you know, with the probably was completely avoidable with what was going on. Well, he was just sitting there. Somebody else hit him. You know, he yeah. was just sitting on it. But this is just goes to the point that Tom said, don't go, don't have the break, right? Don't right. have the break. Go ahead, camp. give him six weeks off and tell him to travel around the country and do all these types of time consuming events that have no relation to football. And then don't speak. Like Jim says, don't have a pity party if something happens. And I'm not telling the guys not to go out and have fun, but there's plenty of time in the off season to have all all of the off field fun you want to have. Did and, you and ever time, have it? A- well, that time is after your season's over. 
till the first phase of OTAs. That's right. your time to, to go on vacation or do whatever. Let your body heal. From then on, once that first OTA hits or the first phase, I'm all football all the way up till training camp through the season. So, I mean, that's how you got to approach it. And it's such a small window, you would think guys would take bigger care than that. All right, let me ask you guys this. You guys are two outstanding, responsible professionals. <laughs> Was there anything that ever happened in the weeks leading up to training camp that you did, you regretted, got hurt, or had some, not not to the point where you couldn't play, but you weren't going to be 100, that you are nervous about getting in there and telling the, the staff, hey, listen, I, I, I got a tweak here or did something here. I'll start with Tom. Go to Jim. Well, you know, the thing about it was it wasn't that, you know, the 12th hour kind of time. I was in Hawaii working out, getting ready to come back and come back to minicamp. And I was doing a leg presses in Hawaii, and I kind of I blew my back out. I tweaked my back, and I knew it when I did it. But then I came back, and I went through a couple practices here just to prove to these guys that I did hurt my back. And then I had I had back surgery, then went about my business. I never did anything like silly or job jeopardizing as as time winded on, getting ready for practice. Uh, that what didn't even fall into the realm of possibility uh, for for me. I was a free agent after uh, the New England Patriots, and I had gone up, and every year I'd done it, I'd always gone so, right, so the season's over, I'd go up and go snowmobiling, um, and I had clipped a tree with my right thumb. My right thumb at the joint was all swollen, and I'll be damned if the Giants didn't call me that Monday to go for a workout. Oh, no. And I was trying to pick up the ball. I couldn't even pick up the ball. You know, my and that's, so I iced it, iced it, iced it, and I go in there, and I'm throwing to Plexico Burris. And I go, Jim, if, I'm just talking to myself. Jim, if there ever was a time to suck it up, now's the time to suck it up. <laughs> and I, I threw great. I just, I don't know, I just blocked it all out. And my thumb was still swollen, and I threw, and they didn't notice it was swollen, but it was fat, man. And, oh. uh, and I got through it, and they signed me. <laughs> they signed me. And I went in, uh, I came back locally, saw my doctor, said, yeah, you got a little fracture in there. It'll heal up. You'll be fine. But that's what it was. I had fractured my thumb is what, what happened. But uh, or, or is I was able to sign. Or as my kids say now, it'll buff. It'll buff. You'll, you'll get through it. No problem. Well, you guys did. Both it'll of you. Buff. All right. When we come back after our first break tonight, we'll be joined by the voice of the Detroit Lions, Dan Miller, here on Bears Weekly. Thanks for joining us, everybody. This is ESPN Chicago and the Bears Radio Network. This is Bears Weekly with the voice of the Bears for 23 years, Jeff Joniak on the Bears Radio Network. physical therapy visit athletico.com to request an in-clinic or virtual appointment and start feeling better tomorrow jeff joniak jim miller tom there just joining us chase claypool off the pup list so he will be available to go to work for the bears this week the veteran wide receiver uh, a lot expected of him in this bears offense now in his uh, second goal round after coming mid-season last season we'll hear more about that and other things bears tomorrow when General Manager Ryan Poles and Head Coach Matt Eberflus meet the media. Everybody's up there at Hallis Hall starting tomorrow morning. We'll also hear from a collection of players, uh, key players indeed. Do we, do we have uh, our man Dan Miller on the phone? I didn't hear you if you told me, uh, Kendra. Yes, no, maybe? Not yet. Okay, very good. Dan Miller of the Lions the Radio Network will join us in a moment. Uh, Tom and Jim, what do you want to hear 
from general manager Ryan Poles and head coach Matt Eberflus tomorrow. What, what will what will be what is your hopeful takeaway? You know what, Jeff? This is it. I don't want to hear. Listen, from starting tomorrow till the end of the year, I don't ever want to hear the word this year rebuilding. Because this rebuilding stuff is over. They've been able to draft, bring in free agents, have the development of Justin, bring in their solid running back position, have depth at the uh, defensive backfield. And I think when you constantly repeat that word, it gives you the option of failure. And so I don't want to hear rebuilding anymore. I want to be hear the words retaking the division. And with because of everybody's assuming Detroit's going to win the division, then everybody else it, it falls into place. I, I, I just I don't want to live by that word anymore because well, I to think be fair, they have, they've never said that word. No. I know, but yeah. I I was hearing it from other other entities, you know, other yeah, conversation 100%. starters of football season. And when I'm talking about the Bears, I don't want to hear that word this year, and uh, I, I I want to look for bright uh, consistency ahead. Uh, I'm with Tom. I think you've seen it over the years that. Plenty of teams have gone worst to first. Joe Burrow arrives at uh, Cincinnati. They go to an AFC championship game and obviously a Super Bowl as well. They went from worst to first. Jacksonville last year, right? It was a train wreck two years ago with Urban Meyer. Doug Peterson shows up. They go from worst to, fir- worst to first with a second-year quarterback. All right? It can be done. It definitely can be done. That's the beauty of free agency and how you build your team. If you draft the right guys and sign the right guys that that fit what you're what you're looking for. And uh, I do think the Bears will surprise a lot of people this year, not only with their play, but what I noticed last year with a team that wasn't that talented. They play hard, man. Matt Eberflus has those guys playing hard. Now they're more talented. And with they play with that type of effort, absolutely. Some of those losses will be wins. Well, you know what's interesting? If you really take time to look at the roster, and this happens every every offseason when you get ready for training camp or get ready for your first game, and you see last year's flip chart that you put together for the preseason opener, and you see how many guys are not here and how many new additions. And so I was just going through some things, and there's a couple of players on this team that went active last season, and they weren't they were not starters or anything. These are just guys that are active on game day. There's a couple of players on the roster that, because of their time, they have not won a game as a Bear yet. Yeah, obviously, the 10-game losing streak to end the season is a big reason why, but for two years they've been suited up, and they have yet to exp- – one player in particular is 0-14 as a Bear. Not not his fault. Obviously, right. he, he was – yeah. But, you know, and you think about that and the idea of learning how to win with all that being said, but there's a bunch of guys that have one that have been brought to this roster now. And, and those guys do know how to win. They have experienced success on both sides of the ball. And it is going to be – it's a totally different team mentally and talent-wise on both sides of the ball here well, entering 2023. When we came back from commercial, you said, what do you want to hear from Ryan and Eberflus at the podium? And that's the thing about it is I want to talk about everything going forward. I don't want to talk about rebuilding. And so when you talk about what they've been able to accomplish and where they should be going, it's not rebuilding, it's resurging. So that's that's what I, I you know, my point was, is I just don't want to hear that word infiltrate any of the momentum that should be going forward. 
Hey, Jim, in all your years, you know, uh, you had a lot of experience with several teams. So did you ever walk into a locker room and knew it was one that hadn't figured out how to win and then you saw it switch on the dime with new addition, new influx? Yeah. So I leave Jacksonville. Um, I get released by Pittsburgh. I sign like a six-week deal because Mark Brunel's hurt. And uh, Tom Coughlin says, hey, we'll release you after six weeks. I said, because once Brunel's healthy, I'll never get on the field. So he let me go, and I arrived in Atlanta, who was on basically an 0-7 run. All right? It, I mean, it was bad. And you could just tell the, the tempo, the, the, just the demeanor of the locker room. But then the last half of that year, I remember we played a West Coast trip. We played Seattle. We stayed out on the West Coast three weeks. We played at, uh, Seattle. Then we played the Chargers, and then we went down and played Arizona, and we won all three. And that, like, jump-started us, and we won our last seven out of eight. And Dan Reeves wanted me to re-sign there, but Chris Chandler had played so well, I, I, that's when I moved on and ultimately landed with the, uh, the Bears. But that team turned on a dime. I mean, it was, like, as bad as you could get, and then it was, like, an epic run. And then the next year, I probably should re-sign there because they went to the Super Bowl. The, the following year in 98 and that was a really good team jesse tuggle and had shane dronette and all these great players uh biscuit the pass rusher i mean we had all types of, of talent but it was just it really just needed to come together and it did all right jim miller tom thayer jeff joniak here on bears weekly time now to be joined by the Veteran voice of the Detroit Lions since 2005, my good pal Dan Miller to join us, one of the projected division winners here uh, here in the 2023 build-up to training camp. You guys are underway. A uh, lot of excitement there, Dan. Thanks for taking the time. And uh, in all your years, where does this anticipation rank for you as play-by-play voice of the Lions for a team that uh, certainly turned things around last year with that strong finish going 8-2 and two down the stretch? Yeah, there's no doubt, and it's it's great to talk to you guys. There's no doubt this is, if you want to talk about hype or, or expectations, this is at the top. I mean, I've been covering this team for 27 years. You'd probably have to go back to before I got here with Barry and maybe some of those teams in the 90s to have anybody uh, pull up a team that had the expectations that this one does. And, you know, I think that's been a big topic of discussion since Sunday or yesterday when this thing started and Dan Campbell saying, you know, you got to put that stuff aside because it's not going to get you anything except for kicked in the teeth if you start believing it. So their concentration has just been on the work. But to your question, Jeff, there's no doubt it's, you know, Dan Campbell says it's out of control right now. Uh, and they really just have to buckle down and, and, understand that whatever they get it's going to be what they earn not what somebody thinks they're going to get in august hey dan this this tom there and i'm you know i'm sorry to ask you this question but never in the history of the nfl have i had this opportunity so you have some guys suspended for gambling does this put the message out there that look you, you guys better be on high alert because they're watching everything you do or what type of message did it send or is it sending in the, in the locker room? And again, excuse my, you know, asking the question. I've, I've just never been around this issue before. No. And, and I think, you know, around the league, a lot of people haven't, you know, when Calvin Ridley got suspended, it was kind of like, Oh, well, that's kind of weird. Look over there. And then there wasn't a whole lot else. And yeah, I think it's a cautionary tale. I think if, you, if you're not paying attention to this and it doesn't get your attention, then you're doing it wrong. Um, whether it's, you know, Jamison being suspended for six games or C.J. Moore 
being suspended for a year or, or some of these other guys that have been let go or employees around the league that have been let go. I, I think if you're not paying attention to this or you think it doesn't apply to you or somehow you're just going to continue to, you know, bet and, and it's not going to catch up to you at some point, then, you know, whatever happens is on you. So um, I, I think these things had to smack a lot of people in the face. Um Regardless of where you are in the NFL, player, coach, employee, whatever it is, they're serious about it. Um, yeah, it's overwhelming the way that, that we have been inundated uh, with gambling. I don't know what the laws in Illinois are, but, you know, here in Michigan, it's, it's everything. It's the Wild West. Everything is open. And, um, you know, it's every commercial that comes on is about it. But, look, the NFL has very strict rules about it. So if you aren't paying attention and you don't see what the reality of it is, then ultimately that's going to be on you. Dan, Jim Miller here. Good to talk to you. I hope you're having a great summer. And, and Jeff, Dan's right about the buzz around here. I mean, I can't go to the local donut shop, the local coffee shop, get my gas at the gas station. Everybody's like, Jim, how are the Lions going to be this year? Oh, man, what a great offseason. You know, everybody, they are going nuts about this team. And, and really, Coach Dan Campbell, he'll keep it under his, his thumb because he controls it. And that's where I want to go, Dan. Just how much more mentally tough is this football team than what it was before Dan Campbell arrived? Because I, I used to hate hearing the stories or the leaks. Uh, the players, they didn't want to go out and practice in the snow today. You know, all these things. And they're, they're nowhere near like that team that they were. I just think they're mentally tough in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, Jim. And always good to talk to you. And I hope you and yours are doing well, too. I, look, um, from the moment he walked in the door, he established who he was. He hasn't changed a bit. He's the exact same guy if you're talking to him over in the corner as he is when he's on the podium, as he is when he's with the players. There's just a consistency to him that I think the players love. And part of that consistency is a toughness that you're going to continue to grind and push forward and get through whatever is in front of you. I mean, that's the way he was as a player. We had him here for two years. One of them, unfortunately, he was injured. And that's, there was a toughness about him when he was here. And those you know, teams weren't very good. But you could just see the kind of player he was, and that's the kind of coach he is. And now he's kind of combined a personality, which, frankly, we didn't see a lot of when he was here as a player, but we see it now with him as a coach. Um, players just want to play for him, and they, they don't want to disappoint him because he, he just he puts a trust in them. Uh, he, he treats them like men. The, I've never had a guy yet that has questioned the way that he has treated them. And, and I think that's that's – a stark contrast to what we had here before. Whatever you think of Matt Patricia and, and Jeff, you know how it is with head coaches. Normally you and I are going to have a good relationship with them because we're in a different arena than these players, but it just didn't work with the players. And there was divisiveness within the organization, divisiveness between, you know, groups in the organization where they divided the football side of the business side. And it, it wasn't good. And now there's a cohesion here that starts with, with, the the owner at the top, Sheila Ford Hamp, and moves down through the general manager and the head coach, and everybody feels like they're a part of this thing and they're in this together. And that was their goal from the start, and they've done that. And I think, to your point, toughness, look, toughness is being one in six last year, and people wondering if you're even going to make it as head coach. And the owner coming out and saying, yeah, we still believe in this head coach, and all of a sudden you're able to rip off an 8-2 and two finish. You don't do that if you don't have toughness. And, and there are Lions teams in the past that we might have seen start that, that 
And they would have finished like that because they didn't have that kind of football character and, and you know, belief in each other and, and, and willingness to fight for each other like this group does. And, look, they still have to, the, you know, in Jared Goff's words, yesterday we sat down with him. They haven't done anything. They haven't made the playoffs. They haven't won a playoff game. But it feels good. It looks good. It, it seems like it's headed in the right direction. But it really is about going out and doing it now. Oh, you hit the nail on the head. Dan Miller, our guest here on Bears Weekly with Tom Thayer and Jim Miller. I'm Jeff Joniak. And, you know, you mentioned Goff. Uh, sometimes a lightning rod of a quarterback, not quite like Kirk Cousins in the division, but you mentioned that word toughness. How, how tough is he and how tough was he down the stretch last season? Because you look at the work that Ben Johnson, who's definitely going to be head coaching candidate again after this year, working some magic, but no picks after week nine, leading that team with 29 touchdowns, just seven picks and throwing for nearly 4,500 yards. Yeah, it was a crazy turnaround and, and it was, you know, here's the thing, and Jim, you know this because you played it. You can't get careful, and, and you can't get conservative. You still have to make plays, and maybe there's a fine line there between knowing when you can get aggressive and when you can't. But the difference between when that team was 1-6 and six, and they were turning the ball over and, and throwing interceptions, and that's not all on Jared. Sometimes it's on the receiver, and uh, sometimes the other guy just makes a good play. But the way that they played down the stretch – that was the big change was, was early in the season. They were turning it over and giving up possessions and they were committing penalties and extending possessions for the opposition or costing themselves possessions. And the defense got a little bit better too, but, but mostly it was the offense that, that was really able to stop making the, the kind of mistakes that, that cost you games. And, you know, I credit golf. I mean, look, it hasn't been easy for him since he got here, since he got here, everybody just considered him a placeholder and yet guys that like, Brad Holmes, the general manager, and Ray Agnew, both of whom are with him in L.A., saying he's not a placeholder. He's our quarterback. And, and how that ends up, we'll see. I mean, I think it's obviously a huge year. They've got to decide whether or not to sign him to an extension, and, and, and he's got to go out there and play. But, again, to go back to, to the conversation we had yesterday, we taped a special with Jared, and, and one of our guys just asked him what he'd learned about himself, and he said a lot of things. He said, I could go on for hours, he goes, but – I'll paraphrase. He said, sometimes you think the worst thing in the world that's happened to you is the worst thing, and you find out it's the best thing, and sometimes you don't realize how tough you are. And those are things that he said he's learned about himself since he came to Detroit. Guys, it was, it was, you know, it was a gut punch to get shipped out of L.A., and then you're losing, and the guy that's replacing you is an MVP candidate and goes on to win the Super Bowl. And, and he's gutted that thing out with a bad team, and now he's come out the other side, and He's played at a high level, in particular towards the end of last year in those last 10 games. But, that, you know, that he has to be the guy. And that's, that's incumbent upon him to continue to do that this year. And I, I see nothing to lead me to believe that he won't be able to do that because he has really played at a high level. Hey, Dan, same question I asked the Vikings and Packers guy. At the, from the conclusion of last season, where are the Detroit Lions better going into this training camp? Secondary. And, man, that, that, that was – called into question today when, when C.J. Gardner-Johnson went down and got carted off the field. It looked bad. And all the reports that we're getting now are that, that there's no structural damage day-to-day. And, man, when he got carted off, you're thinking, all right, he's gone. That's it. And this guy is, is really quickly become such an important part of this team. He's only 25, but he's got a lot of experience behind him. This is a young defense that was playing five rookies at a time at, at times towards the end of last year. And he's just a, a, a force of personality that, that has come in and become a leader on this team. And, and I think he's a really important part of, of what they're trying to do. 
Cam Sutton, another guy who's played in high-leverage games for the Steelers and played at a high level for them. They clearly went out. Mosley brought him in from San Francisco, not sure where he is recovering from an ACL. He's away from the team right now. They're expecting him back on Friday, but injuries could linger for him, and that could be an issue. But, you know, it's clear. And then drafting Brian Branch in the second round of the draft and trading up to do it. You know, it's clear that they knew they needed to upgrade that secondary after last season, and it's going to have a whole different look. And it's going to have a whole different look with some veterans, which is key. You're getting Tracy Walker back as well. I think that's where they're better. And then, Tom, I would say this. They're certainly banking on a lot of young players getting better, from Aiden Hutchinson to James Houston to Aleem McNeil to whomever ends up playing at linebacker to Kirby Joseph. I mean, you're talking about a lot of second- and third-year guys that they're counting on to continue to ascend the way they did throughout last season. That can be a little bit tricky, but these look like pretty good players that, that might be able to do that. But but whether or not they can and do, I think goes a long way towards dictating how this season goes as well. I thought Detroit had one of the best drafts of anybody. They just drafted all pure football players from Jameer Gibbs to Laporta uh, to Jack Campbell. I mean, these guys were productive guys in college that I think will be big contributors and could have similar impact, much like Aiden Hutchinson did last year. You know, I thought for him to make the impact that he did, I, I do expect him to make a, another big jump. And, and Houston came out of nowhere. I mean, that's what that just tells you that Brad Holmes, to me, he he's one of the better guys to really identify talent in, you know, in deciding what his team needs and what he wants as a drafter because it is a big difference with the guys that they've drafted the past two years in my opinion. Yeah, and Houston's a freak. I mean, it's, you know, I don't know where he's going with this, but, I mean, you look at some of the plays that he made last year. Just go back and look at the sack that he had on Trevor Lawrence and just how low he got. Offensive linemen can't get down that far, and, and he's got an ability to just get so low and stay at top speed and it just does things that other guys can't do. Now, he's got to round out his game and get the coaching staff to trust him out there as a, you know, three-down player or just to trust him more often. Aiden's just got the makeup that you don't think he's going to have any sort of letdown, that he's just going to keep getting better because that is that is his goal. I mean, he just he's a driven guy, which you love to see in, in a football player, and it's just he's relentless in his pursuit of, of improving. And, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens with this draft. I mean, you know, we haven't seen him do anything that, that counts yet, but just watching Jameer Gibbs, he's got that speed that's just different, man. It's just you watch him, and when he kicks it into gear, it's just not many guys run that fast with the football in their hands. And I know that's what excites them is his ability to make big plays and to get out in space. And, you know, they thought they had that DeAndre Swift, but Swift just couldn't stay healthy and couldn't stay on the field. So um, I think they're, you know, they've obviously swept the, flipped the backfield with Swift and Williams going out in Montgomery and, and um, Gibbs coming in. So I think they're excited about what these backs can do. I think you're going to see them play together a lot with Gibbs in the slot and being a receiving threat, which, you know, he's shown that he can be and, especially with Jamison not playing for the first six games. His speed on the field makes up for missing some of Jamison. So, um, yeah, I mean, and, and look, Jack Campbell is just to the eye test. He's friggin' huge to start with. Uh, he, he's, again, all football, loves it, seems to pick up on things quickly. We'll see how quick he can get into that lineup, but just seems to have the makeup of the kind of guy that if he's who they think he is, the kind of guy that's going to lead you in tackles probably for the next three years as soon as he gets in there. And, and 
you know, we'll see how quickly that can be. He's got to earn the trust of the coaches, but obviously drafting him in the first round, they have, they have high hopes for him. They don't draft him to stash him or, or put him away for a couple of years. He's in there fighting for a starting job next to Alex Anzalone. Well, uh, Big Dan, I'd like to say we'll see you soon, but it'll be four months. Uh, November 19th at Fort Field. <laughs> yeah, and then wild, December, huh? December 10th. So we're going to know a heck of a lot more about our teams when we get together, and it's always a good time to talk to you. Appreciate it, Dan. Good luck with everything. I look forward. Great catching up with you guys. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. Dan Miller, Thank the you. veteran voice of the Detroit Lions. We'll step away for a break with Jim and Tom. I'm Jeff here on ESPN 1000 and the Bears Radio Network. This is Bears Weekly with the voice of the Bears for 23 years, Jeff Joniak on the Bears Radio Network. All the buildup of this offseason coming to a head. Uh, Tom brought this up. We touched on it last week, late last week, Jim, about the running back situation, and, and it's certainly mushrooms since. Uh, the, the big Zoom call yesterday with all the big-name backs, I, I believe engineered by Austin Eckler of the Chargers. Where does this go next? Like, what what is the impact of this? It's like a union within a union. <laughs> it's kind of a... The strangest thing I've ever seen. And, and, and the numbers speak to a, a bigger issue for running backs. They are the fourth lowest paid position group in the NFL. And I know you talked about it, uh, and maybe there are no tears to be cried uh, on this one, but um, what can they possibly do to encourage teams to pay them more money? Uh, well, the Giants were going to do that to Saquon Barkley. But he didn't understand the market, and he turned it down. The Giants offered him a two-year, $26 million deal. He would have been making $13 million. I mean, uh, Christian McCaffrey's the only one who makes $16 million. So the Giants were going to pay him $13 million guaranteed for two years. He said no. He was insulted. Well, okay. Again, there's no pity party from the Giants. All right, we'll just place the tag on you and pay for $10 million. So he just lost basically, you know, $6 million. You got to know when to fold them and know when to hold them, essentially. You got to understand the market. Plus, there will be another 27 backs coming out in this next year's draft. So if you have an opportunity in your second contract coming off your rookie deal to get $13 million a deal that's offered to you, which is more than the franchise tag, I suggest you take it. Take it. That's where it's at, Jeff. Yeah, I, listen, there's the USFL, there's the XFL, there's the CFL, there's college football. There's 25 guys waiting in line for every single running back in the NFL. So the candidates for the job are there. My only concern about is the active back who's in the last year of his contract who's not getting that carrot dangled out in front of him, and he's going, do I finish out and play? Do I make a business decision? Do I fall down before I get hit hard by a linebacker? And does that type of information start infiltrating the active player on a football team? And now do you have to start thinking about reconstructing your running back position because you have a disgruntled guy at the end or a year before the end of his contract is up? And again, like I said, there's a there's a hundred candidates for every one running back job out there, and but. Like Jim says, $13 million a year is a lot of money. So $26 million over two years. If you think you're worth more than that, 
then I, I'm not sure you're playing the right sport. Yeah, this is interesting. This and, and you hit the nail on the head. I can envision that happening for some, for a player who's talented and knows he can play the game at a high level, but maybe doesn't have that love of the game that the the other guy does. You wonder what that will mean. It is a fair question, and I knew a guy like you would bring that up because, you know, again, it's hard to find 53 guys who love the game. It is. And uh, with something like this being so prominently discussed at this time, uh, I find it very interesting because those backs, they do take a beating. But but so does everybody on the football field. Right. But, but those you, backs you, take a beating. You just can't have that negative contract-related conversation inside of a locker room that's filtering through the an entire position because it's the older guys with the experience that are waiting on the cusp of the money are starting to send a negative message to the younger guys that are waiting to earn their opportunity. So I just I just think it's they're kind of in a dangerous position right now, and I don't think that you have to restructure the entire finances of football because of the running back position. It's just, you know, part of it, you know, part of what these guys are earning. The same thing is Zach Martin, the guard from Dallas, saying that he's going to hold out because he's not being paid as one of the top guards in the league. Listen, you signed a seven-year deal. When you signed that seven-year deal, you knew you were going to be at this stage during this this level this year of your of your contract. Hey, Jim, I know I read this. I didn't put it on the air last week, but I had it in my notes, and I forgot who wrote this, so I, I, I didn't investigate this. I feel bad I don't, I'm not attributing it, but – uh, there hasn't been a Pro Bowl running back on a Super Bowl winning roster in a decade. And the last regular season rushing champ to get to the Super Bowl, Jim, can you name him? No, I can't. Sean Alexander in 2005 with Seattle. Yeah. It, 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 you know, that's arguing one side of the coin, obviously. And then you but... see what happened to him as soon as they rewarded him with a monstrous contract. He oh, went into a... a shell and never played like his old self. It's a full-blown full blown running back controversy, Jimbo. Yeah. Well, I mean, Sean Alexander legitimately was getting over 350 carries a year, yeah. and he started to break down. That's what you saw with the bell cows, like Larry Johnson started to break down. Obviously, the the back before Henry there at, uh, for the Tennessee Titans was a big part of it. They start to break down once you start getting 400 carry seasons, but – the NFL is no longer like that. There's very nope. few backs that get that. It's much more by committee. They're rotating guys in and out. Yes, there are still bell cows like Derrick Henry, and I'd put Saquon in there, and Nick Chubb, I would think, is is in there. But more more than ever, it's, it's by committee, and the quarterbacks are more involved as well. And it's a pass-happy league where legitimately – Will we ever see a, a Earl Campbell again or Walter Payton getting 34, 35, 40 carries in a so. game? I don't think so. Yeah, those days are gone. I don't think gone. so. Those days are yeah, gone. They're, they're only Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs, and Nick Chubb had over 300 carries last year. Mm-hmm. So, And then it gets into Barkley at 295, Najee Harris at 272. and uh, But the bulk of the backs, there's only, let's see here. 22 backs that carried the ball at least 200 times, including David Montgomery, who it, it was at 201 for the Bears. So, you know, at the, the days of getting 25, 30 carries are, are long gone. All right, we're going to continue to take another break. Jim Miller and Tom Thayer with me. Jeff Joniak here on Bears Leakly here on ESPN and the Chicago Bears Radio Network. This is Bears Weekly with the voice of the Bears for 23 years, Jeff Joniak on the Bears Radio Network. <laughs> 
want VIP access to every Bears home game, exclusive seating, sideline credentials, and more. Now available, get the ultimate VIP fan package this season, visiting ChicagoBearsVIP.com. With Tom Thayer, I'm Jeff Joniak with Jim Miller from Sirius XM NFL Radio. I don't know if you two were able to read Dan Wiederer in the Tribune uh, this morning, a extensive article, mine was 12 pages long, uh, that I, I read on Kevin Warren's early days of the new president and CEO. Tom, you're shaking your head yes. Jim, I'm not sure you saw it, but uh, some of my takeaway, outstanding article, number one, you, you got to read it. Dan's uh, an excellent long-form writer with situations like this. Um, my takeaway, Tom and Jim, is th- this man is driven beyond comprehension, um, trying to make the most of every single day in his life. He, he looks at it as a gift. Uh, anything from the stadium plans to trying to identify the valuable personnel in the organization, that's off the field because this is a business thing as well as a as a, a football thing. But And this was the quote. He wants to stimulate the people within the organization. He says the secret sauce is atmospheric. So building an environment where people are heard, where people are respected, and they're trusted, and they're challenged. And Warren said they're pushed. It's continually fostering an environment where we all are comfortable being uncomfortable. He's used that term more than once, and not only to describe where this next phase of the Bears' chapter in history are headed, but uh, and not only for football, but for decisions to make, business decisions, stadium decisions, you name it. You know, one thing about sports, there's always an end result that you're going to be judged by. But also during the course of the season, there's things that happen at the snap of a finger that you have no preparation for. They're all of a sudden you're in a, trying to solve, you know, the situation or you're trying to talk about the reality of bringing in a free agent or you're facing an injury. So there's so many things in sports that you have no notification of some of the most important decisions that you're ultimately going to make in your business life. And all of a sudden, they fall on your desk and you got to make it. It's it's a, the amazing accomplishments, just an but amazing journey ahead. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> when you think about the Chicago Bears and how historic they are and have been. Hey, Jimmy, also uh, Warren calls this an inflection point in franchise history. And certainly that is a significant statement about what's ahead. And And I would agree. I would agree. And that stadium project. However, it turns out and where it winds up is also a big part of this down the road. But from a broader scope, you know, becoming a championship caliber organization goes beyond what happens on the field, though. Well, yeah, certainly you need to create a, a winning atmosphere, a winning culture w- within your building, you know. And in order to, to do that, you know, you, you have to coach to create that culture of, of winning. And I would think for Kevin Warren, he's doing it obviously on the front office side. But I'll never forget when Dick Duran arrived uh, at the Chicago Bears because I'll, I'll never forget it because he said, gentlemen, just never forget this. He said, people work with you. They don't work for you, meaning you better mm-hmm. respect everybody in this building from the last equipment manager that, that's maybe picking up a towel or, or some of your gear or something like that or a trainer who's – who's taping your ankles or the people in accounting that are writing out your checks and people in the community that you're doing things for, whether it's for bears care or anything, people don't work for you. They work with you. And when you have that respect for everybody, you have a team. Cause that's what Tom will explain about a team. 
when every player in that locker room respects one another, knowing that they're tough and their brother's going to fight for each other and everybody is on equal footing, I'll tell you what, man, you're unbeatable. You're unbeatable when that's the case. Well, like Kevin has said, uh, people want to be challenged to be exceptional, and it's going to be exciting to see uh, what comes to pass here in the months and years to come. But we've got to take another break as the Bears get ready for training camp. Uh, reporting tomorrow, we'll hear from head coach Matt Eberflus and general manager Ryan Poles. Well, one more segment to go here on Bears Weekly on uh, Chicago Bears Radio Network and ESPN 1000. This is Bears Weekly with the voice of the Bears for 23 years, Jeff Joniak on the Bears Radio Network. This segment of Bears Weekly is brought to you by CDW. People will get it. Jeff, Tom, and Jim here wrapping things up. Uh, less than three minutes to go, so I want a couple of good, never-heard-before training camp stories from two NFL veterans like yourselves. Tom, give me something. What do you got? Um, I don't, I, you know, you kind of I mean, catch me off guard. I don't know. I, mean, I, no, I, I told think, you I think, ahead of time. Well, no, I think it was more <laughs> most of disappointing my mom because Jay Hilgenberg and I bought motorcycles, but we never told our moms. And so then we drove them from Chicago to Platteville for training camp, and they put the cover uh, picture on the cover of the Sun-Times showing us riding in the camp. So I went to practice. After practice, I always had a habit of calling my mom to say hi. I called on the other end. She was just crying. She was bawling. Literally crying? Saying, no. Oh, so, crying so out loud, going, how could you do this to me? How could you not tell me you bought a motorcycle? And she just she hated it, but – it was probably, you know, disappointing my mom so badly on the cusp of day one of training camp. Jim, you got a one-minute story for me. Platteville, was, or Platteville, Wisconsin. Moses Marino breaks the huddle, goes up to line of scrimmage, two plays in a row, and Olin Krutz and Marino can't get the snap count right. Olin then, or excuse me, Marino then gets upset at Olin, throws the ball at him the second time, and the quarterback and the center are getting in a fist fight in the middle of practice. And I'm like, I have never seen this happen with any team I've ever been with. But nonetheless, I was in the next play. (laughs) Hey, we could talk stories all day long. Good stuff. Fellas, we will talk to you next week. Jim, we'll see you this week up at training camp. You bet. For Tom Thayer, Jim Miller, and Dan Miller of the Detroit Lions, our guest tonight, the executive producer of the Bears Radio Network, Eric Ostrowski, Kendra Smith, and Sean Graney in the ESPN studios, and for Bears producers, Dan Brilli and Jordan Treadup. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening on the new radio home of the Chicago Bears, AM 1000 ESPN Chicago. We'll talk to you next one, or next week. Stay tuned for Tyler Rocky and Jeff Miller. Ahead on ESPN 1000. Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears Weekly. Hosted by the mayor of Bearsville, Jeff Juniak, and Surfmaster Tom Thayer. Podcasts are available on the Chicago Bears official app. Brought to you by Verizon and Apple Podcasts. Bears Weekly has been brought to you by Ben Rivers and Miller Lite.